0: Welcome back to The Road to 7 with Sheila Cummins. Today we are interviewing a really amazing entrepreneur, one who has reinvented herself several times, all so that she could find joy within her business and work in her areas of genius. Trina Turl has leveraged community for her growth time and time again and continues to do so with the recent release of her newest venture called Cleo & Fox Stock Photography. Trina is a photographer with 20 years of experience specializing in product, food, interior, and branded content photography for small businesses. She wants the small biz community to have access to high-level, magazine-quality images that will amplify their message and get their brands noticed. Trina does this through her stock photography business, Clio & Fox Stock, and her customized commission work through Trina Photo. I hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to 7 is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. My guest today is one of my favorite people to talk to because I don't think I've ever left a conversation without laughing. (laughs) Trina Turrell is a member of our Momentum program, and she is an unbelievable photographer who has been in business for years. And Trina, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you're juggling kids and your business, and there's a lot on your plate right now.
1: Hi Sheila, I'm so happy to be here. I sent the kids out so that we can have some time just you and I. I love that forced playtime. That's what we call it in my house.
0: <laughs> you are going to go outside for one hour, and they literally set their watch to the hour. <laughs> and and don't, then they don't come, come off on the window.
1: Yeah, don't Do even think come about back for an hour. For two. <laughs>
0: I love it. Trina, you've been a photographer for a while. Have you always worked in photography? Tell us how you got started.
1: Oh, so it's a really long journey. I originally, when I finished high school, there's like a lot of pressure to, I guess I felt a lot of pressure to just like immediately jump into some kind of post-secondary studies. So I went to university for a history and English degree. And partway through that, I was kind of like, what kind of career can I have with a degree like this? I'm like, I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to be a banker. I don't know why that came up. But so I dropped out halfway through and pursued a life of art. So I went to Sheridan for something called Art Fundamentals. And it's a year of basically exploring all kinds of different disciplines, most of them with a commercial bent. So I did painting, technical drawing, photography, ceramics. And at the end of it, I had a decision to make for where I wanted to go next. And I was like, do I want to be in graphic design? And I'm like, well, if I do graphic design, I want to go to the best school, which was Sheridan at the time, but you needed grade 12 math, which I didn't have. And I saw the test for it. And I was like, I can't do this because my math is really weak. I hear (laughs) you on that one. (laughs) After being out of high school for at that point, three years, my math was super rusty. So I was kind of like, well, maybe I'll see what else I want to do. So I really enjoyed, I've always enjoyed photography. And I've always enjoyed ceramics. And I had guaranteed entry to the ceramics program at Sheridan, because of something I'd done in Art Fundies. And so I I applied for that. And then I thought, I'll apply for the photography. It's really hard to get into. I don't have very many photographs in my portfolio. It's all drawings. But I went for it and I got in and that's the one I went the practical route and chose photography. So that was like 20 years ago.
0: (laughs) Did you already have a camera or did you have to go out and buy it?
1: One of the great things about the program at Sheridan is you could borrow cameras. So I had my dad's old 35 millimeter that he had when I was born, old film camera. And so I had that to use. And then we, everyone had to rent something called the four by five view camera, which are those old timey ones where you see that look like the accordion and you're underneath a cape looking through the camera. Everyone used one of those. And that was part of the program. Everyone rented one because no one (laughs) would own one of those already. It made the program really accessible for people because you didn't have to have all that upfront cost.
0: Yeah. So, that's really yeah. helpful. So I have two questions and one sort mm-hmm. of feeds the other. I'm really curious about how you made the shift to monetizing photography. And then the second part to that question is you do a lot of product and still photography, stock photography. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll talk about Clio and Fox because that's come later in your journey. So the question is, how did you get started and did you start with? brand photography, I guess, is the right way to say it. Or or you tell me the right way to say it.
1: Brand photography didn't really exist back then. It's kind of a really Uh new phenomenon. So basically, it was assumed when you finished photography school, you would start assisting for established photographers, which is what I did. There's sort of two worlds in photography. You've got the commercial world, and then you have sort of the consumer world, which would be family photos and weddings. And I always had a foot in both worlds. So I would assist in the commercial world during the week. And then on the weekends, I was shooting weddings. So how did I monetize it? Yeah, I just, how'd you get your first client? I don't remember. <laughs> it was a long time Do ago. you remember who your first <laughs> client
0: was? Was
1: it a friend or family or an unknown? Well, I got my first Gig with shooting weddings. I Mm -hmm. shot for an agency, and I used to work at a place called Alt Camera at the the film counter. And I would bring my portfolio in and hide it under the counter. And then if someone came in who I liked, because we had a lot of regular customers, I would show them my book and say, (laughs) "Do you have any work for me?" So that's how I got it. And it was Mike Day at the Art of Weddings. And I learned a lot. I shot with him for about 15 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Weddings are high stress, aren't they? Yes. Uh, for the people in them, I, I never found it that stressful. <laughs> yeah. Because as a wedding photographer, weddings, I know everyone thinks their wedding is very unique and special, but they're super <laughs> repetitive. So right. after doing a few, you know what to expect and what's coming and it's less yeah stressful that way it was only stressful from the point of view that we were shooting film back then and so you would take the pictures and you had no idea if they had turned out so there's a lot of skill involved with like understanding exposure and focus and things like that because you like literally there was no going back once you shot the wedding, you had to wait a week to get your film back and no one was going to redo their wedding if you didn't do it right. So Yeah, right.
0: You can't really recreate yeah. the moment. I love that you started with the wedding working for an agency so you didn't have to go find your own work. But then yeah. you also were sort of leveraging your retail job to build your commercial Portfolio. What was the draw to commercial photography versus personal photography?
1: I really love the precision involved with commercial work, And, and it's a big team that's working on a shoot. Typically, so the photographer is a part of that team, but there's usually a creative director, an art director, food and prop stylists, lots of people with input on what the shot looks like, and you really concentrate on the quality of the shot and doing what it takes to make it right. So. It's not a high volume style of shooting, but it's, it's really precise. And I just, I love the, the conversations around and, and the collaborative teamwork approach to we're going to get the best image we can with what we have. And everyone's got eyes on it and there's input. And it's just like really fun. <laughs> well, because people is a big thing for you. Community is one of, I know we've been yeah. talking about
0: your core values in our program, but for you, community is so important.
1: Yeah, it it is. I think the reason why it has is because when I started out, a lot of photographers, it was like a real kind of lone wolf kind of group of people. And I missed that connection with other people. Even though I'm like really introverted, I missed having someone to talk to. and, And so it wasn't until years later, when I had my first kid that I discovered sort of a a community that I could really thrive in. Yeah, shooting as part of a group and that teamwork aspect of commercial photography is something I've always really enjoyed. And I never looked at it as a community before, but it right. totally is.
0: Yeah, to- that's so neat. And it makes so yeah. much sense that that would be such a big draw. I know that you still do commercial photography. You've got some unbelievable photos in your portfolio. You. They're just stunning. <laughs> How have you then shifted? And you, know, you said, back when I started, branding photography wasn't a thing. But now one of the ways that you sort of give back or you support entrepreneurs is taking branding photography of both the entrepreneur and their mm-hmm. business. How did that shift come about?
1: It came about from being a part of a, the small business communities that mm-hmm. I'm in on Facebook. Like branding photography is not something commercial photographers really talk about we're exposed to branding and we understand the concept of brands just from the work we do with creative directors and art directors and understanding like layout and things like that. But once you become part of the small business community, you kind of see what they need and it's not really being addressed by strictly commercial photography. And it's a nice blend of sort of the weddings in a way that you're interacting with people and, and, there's a bit of a freewheeling kind of taking pictures as you have, as they come up to it that I really enjoy. It's like improv. Right. right? It's like jazz photography, right? You're like beep up, boop up, up. And, <laughs> but there's also like a lot of planning and thinking ahead of time that goes into it, which I also yeah. really love. So yeah, I was seeing that there was a need for it with the small business community and knowing that I have such a wide skill set between having the weddings and being able mm-hmm. to work with people And on the fly like that, and then also with the commercial photography, knowing about the planning that can go into a shoot to make it successful. So it was really a marrying of the two worlds that I'd always worked in.
0: Yeah, it totally is. It's amazing the evolution. But also, you know, the evolution has sort of matched a society's demand, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, with the rise of the internet. I mean, you and I are similar age. Yeah. uh, Being someone who remembers when the first modem was put in her computer.
1: And you know, (laughs) trying trying to explain to my my, yeah,
0: the the dial up sound and you know, trying to explain to my mom and dad, no, 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 you can send letters to each other, but it's through the computer, it doesn't cost you anything. Cause yeah. I was in Australia at the time and she was <laughs> like, wait, what? It didn't make any sense. So you know, yeah. just a, the evolution of your services seem to have matched the evolution of society, but you also then have made since then yeah. you've added this other aspect to your business called Clio and Fox. Tell us yeah. about that.
1: Well, so that started out from one it was in July, I was scrolling through my Instagram, something that we didn't have when I started photography, and mm-hmm. I saw two identical images. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, so-and-so must have posted twice, I should let them know. And then I took a look back, and it was two separate businesses with the exact same image. And I'm knowing with that background and branding and stuff, I was kind of like, this is not right, you shouldn't have the same images as other people because it dilutes your brand so much. And so I thought, how can I solve this for my biz friends? And I thought about it and I was like, well, the, the way stock photography works is that you can either have a, a really expensive license and be the only person to use it or you pay very little or nothing and everybody can use it. So where is that middle ground? And so I came up with Clio and Fox, which is limited edition Licenses, so only a hundred people can buy it, so you're basically splitting the license with a hundred people to use it, which brings the price down so that it's affordable for small business to use it, but still keeps the images fairly exclusive and because um, shooting them and vetting the photos on the site um, they're also very high quality and curated yeah. so that you don't have to wade through like fifty different versions of one coffee cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And and not
0: only that, but you've even mastered the image itself in terms of if it's the coffee cup, but you've engineered the photo so that people can put words on them and captions and use it as templates, knowing that it's going to be used for social media.
1: Yeah, it comes back to working on all those commercial shoots and seeing how to work with images and the layouts. So I have a really good understanding of where the Type can go. And I know that that's not knowledge that a lot of small businesses might have. So I make it easy for them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think the other piece about Cleon Funks that's important to mention is the community that goes with it.
1: Yes. I'm working on building a community with some education attached to it. And yeah, I'm so excited. I've just recently launched some, a webinar that I did and we have networking events too. And a podcast. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, because community is so important to me, and entrepreneurship can feel really lonely. I wanted to create more than just images that you can buy, but a hub for small businesses. So I'm working on building that. And it's the part of the business that I find extra exciting beyond just great? creating images. Yeah.
0: But I think, you know,
1: that's that's
0: sort of the piece about small business that's so beautiful is for sure there's the commodity that you're selling, Mm -hmm. but it's you're also selling the experience and everything that goes with it. And that I think is so valuable. And you've really embraced that both with your branding, your commercial, and with the Clio and Fox stock photography. What have been along the way sort of some of those biggest challenges? That you were maybe, you saw the challenge, they were in front of you and you were like, I don't know how to get over this, but yet somehow you did. What have been some of those big road bumps for you?
1: People always tell me my biggest challenge is just myself. Oh, I think,
0: yeah, welcome to the club. I think you're the third person today I spoke to who said that.
1: Yeah. So I've always struggled with a lot of confidence in what I do and it didn't matter how good I was. At photography, I still didn't feel good enough. So I'm, I've been working on that. I'm getting past it. I'm way do? better than I used to be. What do you do with that? How do you work on that
0: confidence?
1: <laughs> uh, I think part of it is even saying out loud, I'm good at what I do and I'm an expert in my field. The more you say it to yourself and other people, the more you believe it, because most people aren't going to be like, no, no, you're stupid. You don't know what he thinks.
0: No, you're terrible.
1: <laughs> and I think, yeah, you're right. As most of us are struggling with the confidence piece. And so no one's going to be like, Oh, stop bragging because everyone wants to feel supported when they're putting themselves out there. And so understanding that perspective as well has helped me to use my voice more and put myself out there and have more confidence in the product that I'm offering people.
0: I think that's so important for the listeners to really hear and understand that it starts with the words that you're telling yourself and those positive affirmations and being able to take those affirmations and translate that into the action that you know is needed. And sometimes just taking the leap. And sometimes it's terrifying
1: it is I was talking about this with my sister and sometimes when it's an especially hard thing that I'm put like to put myself out there with like with the webinar you kind of have to do a few small moves that make it so you can't back out so I once you start selling those tickets and people have bought them you can't cancel your webinar you're it's like the point of no return so if something's really scary for you, get that point of no return in there early. And then you have to like keep rolling with it and move ahead and there's no backing out.
0: I am a big fan of that, (laughs) making the scariest thing public. I did that with the micro lending. I'd been sitting on it for years. I don't know where the call came from, but something made me put it into the copy of a crowdfunding campaign that I did for Productive, my productivity planner. And Mm. I said, you know, X percent of the net proceeds are going to go towards the micro lending and they are still sitting in my bank account ready to be sort of that base when we press go next month. But if I hadn't said it, Trina, it would still be in my head.
1: Yeah. Whenever I've said something and put it out there, like you have people kind of holding you accountable and asking you about it. So you got to do it. Yeah. So the big scary things, you're always going to find an excuse to hold yourself back. So you have to tell other people about it. Even if it's your sister, she will ask you about it and get you going.
0: And she'll probably be more blunt than other people might be if she's like my (laughs) sister. She'll just tell you the way it is, which is one of the things I love about her. You know that you can guarantee Mm -hmm. that she'll just say it straight. The other important thing that I think you said was the accountability. You know, oh, and yeah. having people to to make sure that you are taking those moves and those actions. What are some things that you notice you really need accountability for?
1: My bookkeeping and yes. taxes. I hate doing those. Yeah. So I have a bookkeeper and an accountant trying to keep me accountable. Yeah. And so that's a big one. I feel like I need accountability for almost everything. So I've got big plans and I have steps in place. And so I'm busy trying, like, I've I've got a few sources for accountability in my life. And so I have to get that, those steps out there and, and they will hold me accountable. Like almost everything. yeah. Because, you know, that's one of the great things about community is you can be held accountable and also you're holding other people accountable. And so there's that give and get and Mm -hmm. that vulnerability. And when we all ask for help and then get it and then also give it, it's just kind of like a nice, Circle. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is a nice circle. Yeah. And I think you're right. That is the power of community and especially the small business community when you land in those right groups and you can leverage them and be saying, okay, guys, I need to get my sales page out by Friday. You know, yeah. check in with me, make sure that I do it. And then if you don't, someone's like, hey, where's the yeah. sales page? You're like, oh, crap. Got to go it's, get it done.
1: <laughs> it's so funny the way we're more open to doing something to help other people than ourselves. So yeah. like I will give anyone advice on their images and, and what they should be doing on social, but like, will I take my own advice? Maybe (laughs) not. (laughs) I find I need
0: most accountability for personal care. So things like I'm working with Rena Parak, and I do her workouts. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, I haven't gotten three a week, which is what I committed to. But if I don't, she calls me out. And she's like, "Hey Sheila, you got one more workout in you. Come on, let's get it done. And I love that because I will always prioritize other things over me. But it's funny how for you, it's like getting the social media out, getting the bookkeeping stuff done and I think we all need that community around us I have one more question well actually I have two questions before I let you go but one is more sort of centered on this whole concept that you know you're doing wedding photography then commercial photography you're still doing commercial and then you got more into branding you're still doing Mm -hmm. commercial branding now we've got the stock photography you've had to reinvent yourself several times. How did you go about retraining the people around you that you offered these
1: different things? I stopped talking about one and then I talked about
0: the (laughs) other. That's one way, just rip off the (laughs) band-aid.
1: I wasn't very strategic with it. You build one up while you're still doing the other and then you just cut the one off you don't want to do anymore. Yeah. That's what I did, so... I, I mean, I, it's all part of an evolution. And if I look back, I can see sort of the steps that I took. And I mean, it's been 20 years of me evolving and changing. And in the last 10 years, it's been the most change and in involvement. Is that a word? I don't know. Uh, I'll evolving. take it. Evolvement. <laughs> so, evolution. Yeah, evolution. Yeah, because we'll actually... That. When I finished school, it didn't feel like I owned a small business. I didn't view it mm. like that because it was just sort of like what you did. It wasn't a conscious decision to become a small business owner. Yes. And so like there's a big knowledge gap between like I could do photography very well, but I knew nothing about running a business in the last 10 years this is when I found my small business community and I started learning that I did in fact have a small business and I needed to start acting like it and right. learning some things. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's
0: some major shifts that you had to make to really honor the small business mentality.
1: Yeah. Or I identity think
0: it, would be yeah, a better word.
1: It, it really, it, it changed how I viewed myself. So then I started being more open to talking to people about what I did because I, there were people who knew me and didn't know that I was a photographer. I used to say I was in the photography industry, which is really lame because you know, I was, but I was a photographer within that industry. Yeah, it was all kind of, it was more internal. And I think that's about the time I decided that I was going to scale back or axe the wedding photography. And that sort of led to like a lot of other changes because I was really thinking more strategically about what I wanted to do versus just taking whatever came along. So that was a big change. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And then getting, you know, the formal pricing structures in place, making sure that all the time that goes into a photograph is honored, not just the taking, but the planning, the taking, the editing, the delivery. So the pricing, you know, the the programs that you offer, the packages that you deliver. Yeah, that's Um, a big learning curve. (laughs) a big shift. And, you know, it's the biggest shift that holds people back from going from a solopreneur or monetizing a skill that they have. like you Mm -hmm. did as the photographer to being a small business and a viable small business. Those are the things that we have to learn and implement.
1: Yes. And I've been very lucky to have some excellent coaches help me along the way, like yourself.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're also part of great communities. And final question. (laughs) If you could go back 20 years and you had one piece of advice for you 20 years ago, based on if only I knew then what I know now, what
1: would it be? I, I've been thinking about that question. So what I would say is Trina, you can't do it alone. Find your small business community because yeah. I tried doing it alone for 10 years and I got nowhere. So yeah.
0: Yeah. That that community is so powerful. It is. Good yeah. on you. So where can people find out more about you? How can they join your Clio and Fox community? And tell us about your new podcast. It's really exciting. Oh. <laughs>
1: You can find me, I'm on Instagram at Trina Photo and Trina is spelled T-R-I-N-A-P-H-O-T-O. And I also have TrinaPhoto.com for my commercial work. Cleo and Fox is Cleo and Fox.com and Cleo is spelled C-L-I-O. We are also on Instagram at Cleo Fox Stock. And then you can join my small business community on Facebook at Cleo and Fox. And then our podcast, which I run Mm -hmm. with my sister, Sarah, is called Just Push Go. And it is about our entrepreneurial journey. And the whole idea behind it is to not wait until you're ready to do something, but to jump in. And so that's something we're both working on. And we talk about it a lot.
0: (laughs) That is music to my ears. Yes. I love it. Well, Trina, thank you so much for sharing your story. There's so many golden nuggets in here for anybody who's on their journey. And even on that journey of shifting from monetizing a skill that you have to really owning the fact and the identity of being a small business owner. So thank thank you. you. I appreciate it. to talk
1: about it with you. Awesome. (laughs) Okay. Have a good day.
0: If your marketing efforts and sales funnels are not getting you the returns that you really want, and if you're ready to turn your ambitious dreams into profitable results, then the Business Accelerator is here to help you. The Business Accelerator is our newest program that is designed to help you create your clearly defined core offer. You already have a core offer, you tell me. I get it. I'm sure you do. But unless your sales and marketing are converting at exactly the conversion rates that you desire, then there is an opportunity to refine and strengthen your core offer so you start earning the revenue that will match the lifestyle that you truly desire. So maybe you have a business that's earning money but it's not enough to support the lifestyle that you desire. Or maybe you're feeling burnt out by a constant churn of one-on-one work. Maybe you're at that point where you want to build a team, but you find the thought terrifying and you don't know what you're going to hire them to do. Or... You keep trying new things that are not producing the results that you want. The Business Accelerator is here to help. It's here to help you bust through those plateaus, move past your roadblocks, and create a core offer that will set you up for growth, fulfillment, and success. We're going to peel back the layers of your business and likely ditch what isn't working or serving you and really beef up what is helping you get where you want to go. Then we're going to create a rock-solid core offer, which is the cornerstone of a profitable and successful business that is aligned with your goals and values. And then finally, we're going to map out a plan to leverage your business so you can create the freedom, fulfillment, and results you've always dreamed of. This business accelerator is the first step if you're wanting to shift from being a solo entrepreneur into a profitable and thriving six and seven figure CEO. In order to learn more, Go visit the Road to 7 website and click on the Business Accelerator program. If you know you want in or you want to talk about it, just simply book a Business Booster session. The link is down in the show notes below and it would be an honor to talk with you and about your business to see if the Business Accelerator is your next best move.